Hey guys, welcome to I'll Take a 9 to 5 with a Side of Hood. I'm your host, Tamika. And I'm your host, Dakota. And thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Um, this episode, we are going to be discussing the four attachment styles. It did come highly requested after the last episode, um, which was Love Languages. If you haven't already checked it out, it is live on Spotify currently, so definitely take a look there. Before we jump into attachment styles, as y'all already probably know, we are not professionals. <laughs> We're not scholars in this industry or the, this specific topic, so we just want to put that out there that of course we have read literature and gathered some facts for you guys but we also want to kind of mix in some of our personal stuff and just before we jump into it some housekeeping things we are working on getting our youtube channel up and running we've got some editing and things like that on our hands but we just want to let you guys know that you should be seeing videos soon um, in the new year for yeah, sure in the new year absolutely which is right around the corner so oh my god don't even <laughs> i know okay so let's jump into it first so we're gonna like i said we're gonna talk about a little bit of our own but first let's introduce introduce what attachment styles are what this means to you and why you should give a fuck and basically where it came from so I'll kind of start off the bat by saying where attachment styles came from and then Mika you can kind of help me like yeah. describe what attachment styles are so somebody somewhere is probably going to listen to this and tell me I'm butchering the name and I'm, I'm going to attempt the year that the study was started because <laughs> I'm just going to get it wrong. But any psychology student out there is probably already rolling their eyes because attachment styles are drilled into our heads. So John Bowlby, probably butchering that, and Mary Ainsworth, they basically conducted a study uh, quite some years ago now, I would say over 50 years ago. Where long story short, they had mothers come in with their infant children, so like under 20 months. And what they had is the child and the mother go into a room and there was like toys and things like that for the kid to explore. They would then have the mother exit the room and depending on the child's reaction to a exploring the, the room and kind of interacting with objects, how the kid would react when the mom leaves and then how the kid would react when the mom comes back in to kind of console and interact with the child. Thus, they talked about your attachment style. So your attachment style really starts with your caregiver. I say mom because that is what the study used. Of course, that could be a man, that can be a guardian, anything in between. But really, that is your first relationship that you are forming when you enter the world. And this isn't linear. You can change depending on your interactions, your experiences. But essentially, this sets the stone for how you interpret the world, how you trust people, how you connect with people, and the level of intimacy you feel that you can handle and give. Yeah, so um, one thing we're going to do now is we're just going to touch on the four different attachment styles, um, just kind of give a little introduction to them so you guys know briefly what we're talking about when we do mention them. So um, one of the four is a secure attachment style, um, typically low in both anxiety and avoidance. Um, secure attachment tends to lead to stable and fulfilling relationships. So um, trust yourself, trust others, um, give and receive love yep. fairly easily. Um, an anxious or preoccupied attachment style is high in anxiety and low in avoidance. Um, typically then can create relationships that thrive in drama, highs and lows, um, generally low in trust, yeah. um, and typically like codependence, um, as well as like you give love easily and very quickly. Um, 
A dismissive or an avoidant attachment style is low in anxiety, but high in avoidance. So this attachment style can lead to more distant relationships, um, sometimes stemming from like a fear of commitment. Um, They don't typically give um, love easily or quickly, can sometimes seem emotionally unavailable, um, often considered like aloof or just kind of uninterested, nonchalant. Um, And then a fearful avoidant attachment style is high in both anxiety and avoidance. So people who display this attachment style um, typically are drawn to close relationships, yet they are fearful of them. Um, So, you know, they want that attachment, they want that closeness, but they don't trust themselves, don't trust anyone. Um, There's no boundaries, typically very difficult giving and receiving love. Yeah, that that was a great summary. And the fourth one that Mika just brought up, the fearful one, that can also be called disorganized. And just so you guys know, like these are not mental health diagnoses. Like these are more like social tools that you can look at your own life if you are feeling like, why do I always attract emotionally unavailable men? Or why do I always (laughs) attract really clingy women? Or whatever it may be, right? So like these are tools that you can use to navigate. Yeah, and like Dakota said earlier, like they're not linear, right? Like you can you can do the work and you can make the changes. Like, you know, like I said, we are going to talk about our own personal attachment styles as well. Um, personally, like I used to identify a lot more with the anxious attachment style. Um, over years, like I've done the work where I'm now like kind of getting more towards the secure attachment. Um, but again, like, you know, five years ago... <laughs> I was very anxious like not even five years ago honestly probably even like two years ago like very codependent and like now I'm like ugh, I couldn't even imagine being in a situation like that no I agree right and like this can change depending on the type of partner that you're with based on their attachment style right and as well as the experience and if you're putting in the work to better yourself right Mm -hmm. so essentially when you're looking at attachment styles you're looking at like how people view intimacy, togetherness, how they deal with conflict, which is a big one, their attitude towards sex, basically how they can communicate their wishes and their needs. And like we talked about, and you stressed so heavily on the last episode, (laughs) their expectations from a relationship and their partnership. Because like we said, it's more than just like, oh, I like you, you like me, let's do the damn thing. It's not that simple, folks. As you know, we all know. And this is why it's not linear too, right? Like you can have certain characteristics of multiple of the different attachment styles, right? Like it's not, you might not fit into one box, but because it does help you look at, like like Dakota just said, those multiple different aspects of relationships, that's where it's helpful to at least be aware of it so that, you know, for example, if, you know, your partner is ignoring you or whatever, you're not looking at it as like, what's wrong with me yeah and it's more of okay i know that i'm like this and it has nothing to do with me you know what i mean absolutely and i still don't know exactly what attachment style i fall into um i did a little bit of a test and i did get some secure coming through which i was like thank god because like (laughs) like thank god i've I've been doing the work but like definitely i relate to anxious but i do feel that i fall because my scores are all very similar across the board highest secure second highest avoidant and third lowest anxious I feel that I fall into that disorganized category. Mm-hmm. And again, when we say like anxious or conflict, like this isn't talking about preference or personality, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are more things that are very behind the scenes in our own brain. And I know that like Nika just said, one of the things that I've worked really hard on is like for me, for example, 
sometimes if something didn't pan out or I didn't feel like, you know, I got the reciprocation or the effort I was looking for, I would be very much like, well, what do I, what did I do wrong? If I just explain it for the hundredth time in a different (laughs) way, like now they'll just get it, you know, or like, did I not, you know, and instead now I'm changing that mindset of being like, what's wrong with me? And instead, well, this person just isn't meeting my needs right now. And I'm not going to take that personal and I'm going to go somewhere else where they can meet my needs. And that's not in like a petty, like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. one up you or you're, you know, something's wrong with that person. Yep. It's just you guys aren't conflicting and you're not like you can't get something out of someone that they don't have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how good you look or how many times you dress it up or how many chances like y'all are going to keep doing the same dance. And I have been there <laughs> many yeah. times. Well, and that's like, that is a conversation we have often, right? Because like, I mean, I used to be like that. I used to be the type of person that like almost deemed my self-worth on what other people thought yeah. about me and like the response and reciprocation that I got from those people. And it just kind of got to a point where I was like, bitch, you're the shit. Like, Honestly, though, uh, right? Like, yeah. no, like other people, regardless of how they feel, yes. whatever, their reciprocation, nothing like that has nothing to do with you. And oftentimes it doesn't. It's like, true. you it's know, true. sometimes obviously it does because of whatever reason. Yeah. But for the most part, like somebody not reciprocating or somebody else like treating you a certain way, like yeah. stems because of a depth within themselves that they haven't worked on that they're now projecting onto you and your relationship, right? And then depending, because like we said, talking about being anxious, then you're like anxious. It's very typical to like, you're almost trying to anticipate every single move that your partner makes and you're reading into everything, right? And so it's like, oh, it's been four hours and I haven't heard of them. And you're obsessing over that. Mm -hmm. But then the minute you get that message from them, you're like, oh, never mind, I'm fine now. Like you're almost reliant on this like dopamine hit or this like cycle. But someone who's secure will be like, oh, they must be really busy or they're not messaging me. Or you know what? I would prefer my partner or my friend to check in or talk to me more. I don't think this is it for me. All the best, but I'm going to go find someone else because, you know. And even like within the secure attachment style, like even just being vocal about that yeah you know what I mean like I feel like somebody that's anxious because even me personally like I used to be like that where it's like if you're not messaging me what's wrong what are you doing yes what's going on you know what I mean but the minute you do message me I'm good like I'm chill I'm like and I'm not necessarily like freaking out about like oh my god what were you doing it's just like in my head it's going a mile a minute yeah and now I'm at the point where I can literally not talk to you for two days and not think anything of it like yeah. not sit and wonder oh what are they doing what are they whatever and let because, it literally derail your whole day yeah, yeah and it used to but now i'm at the point where it's like okay everybody has their own life yeah i am focused on myself and what i'm doing now instead of projecting that onto Absolutely. the other person and like you know that's where that big difference comes from because it's like once you're able to focus on yourself yeah and like you know what you're doing and what you have going on you don't even realize that like this hasn't happened or they haven't messaged you or whatever. You don't have time to think about that. And in turn, you actually do yourself a favor because you are slowly without knowing making yourself more secure. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like you're putting in the work. And for anybody who's listening to this and thinking like, oh, this is a whole bunch of like la 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 la. (laughs) No, it's not. There is a biological basis to this. And if you hear pages and shit flipping in the background, it's because listen, we did did our homework. We're giving you guys facts. There's facts here, okay? Okay, so I want to share this with y'all because we can't say it any better than how it's written. Studies show that once we become attached to someone, the two of us form one physiological unit. 
everybody who's fucking avoidantly attached is like, hell no. <laughs> They're like, fuck that And shit. everybody who's anxiously attached is like, yeah, I want to live in my partner's skin. They're like, this is good. Listen, literally my fucking ex all the time would be like, I just, like, you're not close enough. Like, I just, I just want us to be one. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I feel that a bit. <laughs> I feel that a bit. So yeah, it says we'll become one physiological unit and get this, our partner regulates our blood pressure, our heart rate, I our breathing, that. and the level of hormones in our blood. We are no longer separate entities. I believe that blood pressure shit because you can get my shit oh, boiling. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and that's why people say, like, when it comes especially to romantic relationships, like, this motherfucker knows how to push my buttons mm -hmm. more than anybody else. And it even says that when two people form an intimate relationship, they regulate each other's psychological and emotional well-being. So, like, see, I don't this necessarily like that. And, like, that, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> it makes me slightly it's uncomfortable. Scary. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I don't. Like, I don't like the fact that somebody else can have control over my emotions and, like, you know, my mood. I don't like that, especially because, like, I've been there. Like, literally, my friends that have known me for a while will tell you that, like, I used to be very anxious. Yeah. Like, I... It's it a terrible was, feeling. Yeah, and it was bad. Like, yeah. literally on a daily basis, I'm crying, I'm upset, oh. I'm whatever, and it's like... I couldn't imagine now being back at a yep. point where somebody has that level of control yep. over me where I'm like physically, mentally, emotionally, yep. everything being affected because of like an argument or, you know, simply like not receiving a text message yep. or something like I couldn't Feeling imagine. Feeling like you're on eggshells. Yeah. yeah. Like I, oh my God. And that's not to say that like sometimes there are things where you're like, I'm noticing strange things. Like we need to have, like this yeah. isn't saying like, oh, if you ever feel your partner's vibe is off, you're just being like, no, that's, that's gaslighting. If your yeah. partner is If you feel like constantly, you're in your intuition, yes. like you fucking follow that shit. Yes. But what we have discussed is sometimes sitting on it for at least 24 hours. Obviously there's some exceptions, you know, you come home and it's yes. like your partner's fucking someone else in your bed. Please I'm do not take 24 hands. hours. Rolling hands. You got, yeah, you need to deal with that immediately. No, but no, yeah, Honestly, I feel like I'd probably leave. <laughs> Seriously, See, I, don't I, think would I would not. I don't think I would. I don't think I would react. Like I think it would be one of those where I would just be in so much shock yeah. that I would just be like, I just need to close the door and leave because <laughs> I will catch a case today. Yeah, I'd be like, you know what? I would calmly exit the room, take everybody's car keys, whip them out the fucking door, and be like, oh, no one's going nowhere. Like no, <laughs> the locked. Yeah. All the windows and the doors. Shut like, what the fuck is it? Yeah, we're gonna have a conversation, <laughs> y'all. No, but, like, this is where we say, like, again, like, you're allowed to have a personality and a preference and a way that you like to deal with conflict. Like, that is okay. But this is another thing that I read, and this is why it's so important when it comes to choosing someone you want to be involved with, however that looks. Having a partner who is inconsistently available or supportive can be, sorry, inconsistently available or unsupportive can be a truly demoralizing and deliberating experience that can literally stunt our growth and our health. Yes. I believe that. Yeah, 100, because this, this is affecting your being. And a lot of the times when it comes to intimate relationships, it can be triggering a lot of like parental wounds or guardian wounds, right? Because mm -hmm. you're like, 
you're reliving the same cycles or we talk a lot about like oh you know the universe or god or whoever is going to keep sending you the same shit in different form because you're not getting it and you're not doing the work i fucking hate that shit how many times do i do i literally say to you like bitch this is the universe testing you don't fucking fall for it yes because my ass falls for it every fucking time (laughs) every time and then i'm like what the fuck? And like, I think bitch. that, do you know what I think it is though? I think it's the anxiousness. And I think as women with intuition and for the most part, more of a nurturing, like literally a chemical yeah. basis. I think my thing that I always get in my head, like, no, no, no. But this time it's going to be right. This time is going to make up for all the fights or the disrespect. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you don't want it to be like, what? So this has just been shit. Like, you know, See, and it's not even about putting down the other person per se, because you know, it does take two but then it's like you just you want to you want to fix it. You want this situation. But that is very anxious. And this is again mm-hmm. back to our mindset. So look at this shift here that I want you guys to think about. And again, this applies to men, women, everything in between. Please don't cancel me for that. I meant that in an inclusive, loving statement. <laughs> you said it the first time. I was like, what the fuck is in between? What well, listen, like there's a lot in between, and I don't mean that in a rude that's way. Fair. No, no, that's like, fair. you know, we're inclusive here. We are, we are. Does okay, so instead of thinking, does he or she like me, change that mindset to is this someone I should invest in emotionally? And is he or she or they capable of giving me what I need? Hmm. I actually like that. And I that seems so simple, hmm. but it's something It's hard that to put into play, though. It is. When your emotions are involved, if sex is involved, kids are... Like, you know, you're not... See, and this is why, like, you know what? People are quick to say, like, oh, how are you, like, you've gone out with this person multiple times and you haven't slept with them. And it's like, once you sleep with someone... It gets way more complicated. Um, yeah. Like, (laughs) seriously, because it's like, one, like, now your emotions are clouded. Yeah. Because you do form a connection when you have sex. Like, you, like, you've talked about this multiple times before, too, with soul ties. And it's like, that happens. That's a thing. It's real. It is a It's an energy transfer. Yes. And it's like, even if you know this person is no good for you, because of that dopamine and that connection that you now have because of sex. Yep. Your emotions are fucking clouded. You, this per like, look at people that stay in like emotionally abusive relationships. 100%. Right? Like, you're like, like a lot of gaslighting, manipulation. Yeah, like the highs are highs, the lows are lows, but like, and it's addictive. Yeah. It's genuinely addictive, right? Because the highs feel so good, Mm -hmm. but the lows are so terrible. And the most sick part of it is that when you're feeling that terrible, the own, and, the quote unquote person who caused it is the only person who you feel can fix it. And you know how we were talking about anxious behaviors. It says here that an anxious attachment style are indeed more vigilant to changes in others, emotional expressions and can have a higher degree of accuracy and sensitivity to other people's clues. People with anxious attachment tend to jump to conclusions very quickly. And when they do, they tend to misinterpret people's emotional state. So that's like, again, and we just had an example of this where somebody in my life, I was feeling like, oh, you know, we haven't been chatting as much as we used to. Mm -hmm. I find out they're going through some real shit. And I literally said to Tamika, like, thank God I was like, calm down, Dakota. Like, it's not always about you. It's not always personal. And it genuinely wasn't. And because of that, I feel that helped me have more security within myself. Because at the end of the day, let's say there was nothing going on and that person just faded out. That sucks. I'm allowed to be disappointed over that. But, but that's like, still not on you. But I'm not going to beg and you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not going to beg for chips and things like that. So. See, and this is where like I find like 
it's nice that like we are similar in a lot of ways but like different in a lot of ways too because it's like I remember when you brought that to me and I was like, just relax. Yes. Like, literally. Relax. Yeah. Like it, you know, because me personally, like I'm also the type of person that like, if I'm going through stuff in my life, I don't really talk to even my friends as much. My family, like I'm just, I'm dealing with shit and I'm the type that I like to deal with stuff by myself. Yeah. And it's like, you know, obviously not everybody's like that, but a lot of times it can be like misinterpreted as like, they're not fucking with me or their vibe yeah. has changed or whatever. And it's like, yes, but it has nothing to, to do, do with, with you. Yeah. It's right? genuinely not personal at all. And this is like, I find with like the anxious attachment style as well. Like they do say that like people with this attachment style are often like you assume more, you project yes. more, you predict more, you anticipate outcomes. And yeah. like for me personally, like that is 100% true. Like I am the type of person. And like, I know I've said this to you before yeah. too. I will mentally and emotionally prepare myself for the worst possible outcome yeah. so that if it happens i'm not hurt yeah you're not gonna have me sitting here crying sad down bad whatever because i'm gonna be like oh you know what is what it is i already anticipated that happening and for me it's not as if i'm like i want this to happen yeah. or i'm hoping that it happens of it's more not. of i just want to be prepared because i don't like to be blindsided I get that. You I, know? And I think that that is a, like, some of that is healthy because I think that's a level of self-protection, right? Yeah. I think for me, the reason why I fall into that disorganized category is because I feel sometimes I take that too far and I start avoiding things or people okay, because I don't want that to happen. Or I'm almost looking like, because mm. I'm very skeptical, you know, so I'm very yeah. paranoid. So for me, I'm like, oh, there it is. And that's a very bad self-fulfilling prophecy because now I'm almost looking for things that yeah. solidify like, oh, I know you were just trying to sleep with me or I know that you were like, and like, yeah. that's not always the case. Right. And it's like, no one said anything about that. You're the one making assumptions. Right. Yeah. And I think I do that for sure with intimacy where it's like, but again, that's a self protection because I'm mm -hmm. like, if you and I have sex, then you've seen me the most vulnerable. And if I give you that, you have a one up on me. And that's a fucked up way to think. Like, well, you shouldn't think that way. Yeah, but. and that's definitely, like, obviously under the, like, avoidant category, right? Yes. Because it's, like, opening up will lead to rejection. And that's that mindset in the avoidant. It's like, mm, yes, I don't want to do that. I would rather you know, sit behind this closed door, even if it doesn't mean that I'm going to be alone. Yeah. As opposed to making myself vulnerable and putting myself out there and allowing that opportunity yeah. to happen. And this is why, like, we've been saying multiple times, like, this is not linear because, like, you are going to have different characteristics that fall under the different attachment styles. Absolutely. And that's fine. Yeah. The important thing is that, like, you are realizing that you're doing you're these things and you are doing the work to work on them because ideally everybody wants to be under that secure, healthy attachment Absolutely. style. Right. And like, we all have our own traumas. We all have our yep. own histories, whether that's like, you know, from childhood or from just relationships that you've been in, like yep. these things are all going to affect you. Even if you feel like they're not like me personally, I'm the type of person where like, I'll get out of a relationship. I'm like, I'm good. I'm unfazed. I'm whatever. It yeah. is what it is. But then once I try to go into something or I, you know, kind of sit and do that look inwards, yeah. I'm like, damn, this really did affect me in a way that I didn't even realize. Yes. And it's on a level where it's like, you know, the attachment style or, you know, the love language yep. or, you know, anything like that where it's like it runs a little bit deeper and it often goes unnoticed. It does. Because it's not talked about. Yes, I agree with that. And then 
unfortunately when it comes up is normally when someone feels their needs are not getting met mm-hmm. or they keep repeating the same cycle. So for example, if you have an anxious attachment and you are dating someone who's for quote unquote secure, you're probably going to have better success because that person is a probably going to be more patient, mm-hmm. not take your little things as being personal yep. and willing to work on them with you. However, interestingly enough, sometimes the anxious people go for avoidant people because the avoidant person is emotionally unavailable. So the anxious person is like constantly pining after that high. But then sometimes the anxious person meets someone who is like them and they're like, this is way too much. Like you're doing way too much. Literally me. My last two relationships, unfortunately, like both of them had a very anxious attachment style and like it brought out more of my anxious attachment style. And like, I'm already a fucking anxious person. Like I do not need this. Like, and it was just like, I didn't realize until afterwards, but I was like, damn, like that was a lot. Yeah. And like when, like Dakota said, like the highs are very high, but the lows are fucking in the ground. Yes. And it's like, it's not necessarily like physically or emotional abuse. It can be something as simple as like, a lack of communication or like a lack of understanding, like something as simple as that is like, you know, we're not on the same page in terms of let's talk about this. Somebody's way up here. The other person's way down here. And even that is like, that is a high for both people because it's like, we're not on the same level for sure. And like, it's, it's a lot. And another thing too, with like, depending on the type of dynamic you get into because i feel a lot of people can relate to the high highs and the low lows it says here that an activated attachment system so that's literally a part of your brain that will be triggered when you're in these relationships when conflict or situation comes up it says it's not passionate love next time you date someone and find yourself feeling anxious insecure and obsessive only to feel elated every once in a while. Tell yourself this is most likely an activated attachment system and not love. True love in the evolutionary sense means peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Still waters run deep is a good way of characterizing it. And I think too with the... So remember how I told you guys in the beginning about the study that started it all? So with the avoidant kid, for example, the avoidant kid and his mom comes into the room with the toys. The mom will leave... The kid will probably explore on his own, see out the toys, but doesn't really react to the mom going. The mom comes back, doesn't really react to the mom returning. The mom might try and kiss, hug, kind of reciprocates, but doesn't really. Because that person has, through being like completely unavailable parents, and sometimes this even stems to abuse, Mm -hmm. they have learned, I cannot rely on you. Your intimacy is not consistent. I reached out for you once. I got burned. Never again. Yep. And there unfortunately are people who carry that through their own life despite the literal biological needs. And that's why when people like pride themselves on being overly nonchalant or overly like disinterested, I'm like a certain level of that is good because that's security Mm -hmm. and confidence. But I know though those people are the most insecure of all. Yeah, like you're hurting. Like you You have some trauma that runs deep. And like in their minds... This is the way, like, this is what works. You know what I mean? Because it's what has worked. But then when you do try and form deep, emotional, positive, secure relationships, you realize that you can't be like that. No, you can't. Like, you can't. Like, that's literally not going to work. Because any person in their right mind, I'm sorry. Like, obviously, like, like you said, being nonchalant to a certain point. For sure. Great. Yes. But overly, it's like, 
you just don't care. Like you literally just don't give a shit about anything. And like realistically, yep. why would why would somebody want to be with? That? Yeah, like why would I want to be with? I'm somebody so like glad that? you said that because literally, like my next point here is that avoidant people are statistically there's more of them single and in the dating pool because that. they cycle out of relationships faster. And avoidant people, no big fucking surprise here, don't date each other because you can't have two people who literally give zero fucks. They just yeah. will never talk and hang out. <laughs> It won't work. It takes one Literally, person. Literally, like, well, they didn't message me. Well, but they didn't message me. All right, well. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes, listen, that's okay. I'm not saying if you've had those moments that that's bad. But normally what happens is someone's like, I haven't heard from you in two days. What's going on? We need to talk about this. The avoidant person might be like, well, I do really care about this person. So let me, like, that anxious or secure person kind of pushes a bit. Yep. The secure person, though, will leave quicker. The secure person will be like, this is not serving me. Like, and again, this isn't to demonize avoidant people. It's not to praise anybody else. But I do think sometimes we live in a culture, and again, this is just my own personal opinion, where people who have more anxious traits are supposed to subdue because their partner is avoidant or is uncomfortable with intimacy. Mm -hmm. And yes, to a certain degree, like you don't want to pressure people yep. or push things too fast. But at a certain point of time, like if that person literally is breadcrumbing you and giving you nothing and even to the point where maybe they're even gaslighting you to be like, you're tripping, like you're, I don't know what you're talking about. I never mm -hmm. did. Like that is to a point where like, okay, that behavior is like literally unacceptable. And this is where like, I know a lot of you have probably heard the saying, like, love is not enough. Yeah. This is where that comes in because it's like, you can love somebody to the end of the fucking earth. Yeah. But if they are not reciprocating, whether it's something as simple as communication and like understanding, like Dakota said, like, you know, obviously don't push, don't whatever. People typically like will come to things on their own terms on their own time, but it's like... At a certain point, you need to realize that, like, if this person is not willing to change yep. and you're meeting a brick wall every time, yes. love is not enough no. for you to stay in that situation. Or you're going to have to sacrifice so much stuff that yeah. you will be unhappy and, that's and resent not even, them. Yeah, and that's yep. not even just relationships, like, romantically. That's friendships as yep. well, right? Like, if you... For me personally, like... I've typically been the person where like I'm always like trying like I'm always the one where it's like I will give up my pride and apologize my pride is never gonna be yeah. enough for me if I'm wrong if I'm not wrong <laughs> I'm not apologizing yeah. you know what I mean and if if I don't think I'm wrong like you actually are gonna have to prove to me that I am because yeah. like I, I you know and again I might not see it that way but I will always take your opinion into consideration but anyways <laughs> it's like you know I just I could never continuously like be with someone where I'm the one putting in all the effort and I'm meeting a solid wall it's every terrible. time. Like at a certain it's point, it's exhausting. And it, and it fucks with your head it, and it will start to fuck with your head, even if that's not that person's intention. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys can relate, but like I personally have talked to men and it's like they are uncomfortable like, they'll say, oh, I might try and date a girl, but, like, I, I don't hold hands or I don't really, like, kiss. or Like, go. get the fuck out of here. I'm so sorry. So, it's like, so what girl wants to come over and get back shots and go home? Like, what is what is intimate? Yeah, like, am I a prostitute? Or even, on? like, sexually good about just that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's no, no intimacy. There's no... And understanding that, like, 
it's absolutely okay. It's people's own prerogative if they want sure. to have casual. But we've talked about this before. Even if you're casually dating or talking to someone, that person still deserves respect. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still look them in their eye, make sure that they're good, yeah, and check on them, and make sure that boundaries are set. Because if you're a liar and a manipulator and you just cheat on everybody, I'm sorry, you're not keeping a pee. You're not cool. Like, no. you're literally just a piece of shit. And this is why, I like, I, piece, you have issues that you really need to address. I hate but. when people are like, oh, like, you know... Um, I have all these girls, da, 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 whatever. And it's like, yeah, but you're lying to all of them. Yes. Like if you're being honest to yes. all of them and you still have all these bitches, I fucking condone you. Yeah. Clearly you got something going on. Yeah, yeah. But realistically, like even like we talked about the last episode, like a lot of times people are here for honesty. Like that's what they want. They want the honesty. They want the openness. Like yeah. even if it's going to hurt my feelings, even if it's going to whatever, like that is what I want. I am not interested in like a surface level relationship. No, or and someone telling you what they think you want to hear. Yeah. It's so and it's like any, like realistically any relationship, friendship and otherwise requires. And ultimately it does require a certain level of honesty and vulnerability. Right. Like, I mean, realistically, like the secure attachment style is like we said is where we all want to be absolutely um but you can't get there without being vulnerable and without having those uncomfortable conversations and you know doing the work like it's it doesn't just come like i mean for some of you if it comes naturally please because (laughs) i wish (laughs) no and and that's true right and i think that again different situations and things like that can obviously jade people can teach people lessons about the world and that's not always a bad thing but one thing i will say is when it comes to being avoidant because i do feel that you hear people who are anxious a lot talk about it because it's stressful for them Mm -hmm. it's not a good feeling and i would assume it's the same for people who are predominantly avoidant um But it says here, the avoidant person can have his or her cake and eat it too, so to speak. They can enjoy the thrill and closeness you naturally project when you are together without having to consider your needs for intimacy and togetherness the rest of the time. Mm. So that basically means that it's amazing when you're sometimes with that person, but then when you're not with them, you start the like you start the questioning because they've all of a sudden pulled away. Yeah. And I'm sure that you guys can relate to that or you've known someone who's like that. And it says, by being someone you're not, you're allowing another person to be with you on his or her own terms and come and go as she or he pleases. This is where boundaries are so important. Yes. Because, like, I, that's one thing that over the years, like, I've had to learn in terms of, like, setting boundaries because, like, I never really used to have any, to be completely honest. Yeah. Like, it was like, you can come in, treat me however you want, yep. talk to me however you want, walk all over me. I might break up with you, but, like, I'll probably give you another chance. Like, you know what I mean? And it, like, finally got to the point where I was just like, no. Like, what, like, you are the person that's being affected by this. Like, yes. you are the one that's getting this. Sh- like, They're not. You're, yep. Yeah, and, like, you're yep. setting this precedent for them that, like, it is a precedent. one, you don't have enough respect for yourself because why are you allowing this? Yeah. It's true. And it says here that avoidant people also can confuse self-reliance with independence. And I think this is really important because we definitely are in a generation where we advocate a lot for resiliency and being independent, especially as women. And I think that is all very true and very positive. But there is a difference between like, fuck everybody. I don't need anybody. I got it all on my own. 
And there's a difference between being like, I'm very resilient. I can probably do it on my own, but I don't want to. And I know that showing a level of vulnerability or intimacy doesn't mean that, oh, this person's got me. Or, you know what I mean? Now this person's put me in an uncomfortable thing. Because it even says here, the problem with self-reliance is the actual self part of it. It forces you to ignore the needs of your partner and concentrate only on your own needs, shortchanging you of one of the most rewarding human experiences. It prevents you and the person you love from the joy of feeling part of something bigger than yourself. I'm sorry. I just think that is beautifully written because (laughs) this is where we say that it's not to demonize avoidant people because obviously that person, like you said, is deeply suffering because you... And sometimes it breaks my heart when I've met people even as friends and I'm like, you really don't have intimacy in your life. Like whether that's between, when I say intimacy, I just mean closeness. That That's yeah. not always sexual. Yeah. Like intimacy and sexuality are mutually exclusive, right? They obviously can overlap, but it's like you don't have a bond or a connection with your original caregiver, maybe mm-hmm. even your children, your yeah. partner or your friends, right? Like who are you really connected to? You probably feel very misunderstood. Mm-hmm. You probably feel very skeptical all the time. And so for me, that's why I know I'm not fully avoidant, but I relate to some of those things, right? Yeah. Where you feel very untrusting, you feel very discouraged, you feel very like, I'm not going to tell you too much about me too fast, right? And Mm. I'm always thinking like, oh, this person's trying to read me or you're trying to run game on me, right? And again, certain levels of that are good, I think, for self-preservation and for having a head on your shoulder and not fucking buying everything that someone's selling to you. Yep. But at a certain point, are you pushing away potentially really great partners because you are so fearful, you are so avoidant, you are so distant? See, and that's where I feel like I struggle. Like, I find that, like, I am overly trusting of other people very quickly. Yeah. Um. Because, and like, like, I, like we talked about in the last episode, I even said, like, you know, at the end of the day... I will always go into everything with my full trust and like you're the only person that can affect that. But sometimes it bites me in the ass. Yeah. And it's like, you know, obviously I I don't want to be the type of person that is like constantly like, oh my God, but what if they do this? What if they do that? Blah, blah, whatever. But it's like at the same time, if I'm just out here fucking giving my trust all willy nilly, like this is where I'm getting hurt and I'm like, I'm misjudging people and situations because it's like, I am being overly trusting and like it does it bites you in the ass and like this is where like now I'm at the point where it's like I am still trusting but I'm also like I can be like somewhat aloof and like somewhat like seem uninterested when that's not necessarily the case but for me it's like that's my balance. For sure. But I think you are very strong and very good at like healthily moving on. Like you can move on and still have your sense of self intact. Mm -hmm. You still have. And that's why we say too, it's so important to have a life outside your partner. Your partner is not your everything. I don't care how close you guys are. You've been together. Nobody in your life is your everything. Like it's, it's just impossible. And if you feel like that, like that's very unhealthy. It is. And it's a lot of pressure to put on someone Mm -hmm. both ways. And I think for me, my anxiousness comes in because once I feel someone has like, I shouldn't say test because that's also very bad. But once I feel someone has like, okay, I don't feel like they're trying to use me. I don't feel like they're Mm -hmm. running game on me. 
then I'm now very invested because maybe at this point it's been months and months and months of us talking. Maybe we've had sex at this point. That's when the anxiousness comes in because I'm like, if you turn around and pull the rug under me after I felt like I just vetted you for nine months, (laughs) I'm going to be devastated. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that's where I still struggle of like, okay, like what is the appropriate time where I do want to give people the benefit of the doubt and try and understand people as a whole. But then it's like, fuck, what if I keep letting you in? We keep getting closer. Mm -hmm. like I was joking the other day when I was talking about someone I was like well I just have to like kill this person or delete them obviously like for legal purposes that was a total (laughs) joke like you cannot sue me on that this was a joke yes (laughs) but it's like but that's that avoidantness where I'm like "Uh uh-uh like we're getting along a little too fucking well like when is the other shoe gonna drop because like I don't believe it see and I'm the opposite in that sense whereas like I am like I will go like all in right away but the like literally my thing is is like the further invested i get the more untrusting i am of the fact that you're not gonna hurt me Mm. because now i'm looking at it as i'm invested like my time yes my emotions my mentally sometimes yeah and it's like i am invested in you and like yes like you know emotions run deep i might like be in love with you at that point but it's like my trust in terms of emotions is not there because physically I I am very trusting. I am not the type of person that's like, oh, they're out cheating. They're out doing whatever. They're whatever. That doesn't serve anybody. Yeah. And realistically, I am, I have always said people are going to do what they want regardless of what you do. I cannot control your actions. I'm not here to fucking babysit you, watch you all hours of the day. Like not something I can do. No one has time for that. But a lot of times it's like, you have to be worried about somebody sitting there saying, I love you this that and the third whatever and then like turning around and it's like oh never mind i know and like listen like i literally have been in a relationship where like like you were just talking about i genuinely felt like i would lose my life without this person yeah like i was like no if if me and this person break up I cannot go on like with you don't life. even know who you are without them. yeah like it's I was like and like li- like my too. chest literally yeah. hurt like I was like oh my that's and what like, they call a heartbreak like you, yeah, yeah like I remember saying to them at the time it's like so I was like scary. I'm like girl like if we break up like I like I literally don't know what to do with myself yeah and it's like I, never again do I ever want no. to be in that and position it's not, but it's, it's unhealthy not and it's like unfortunately because that can go one or two ways that person could feel the same and then you have a lot of codependency or that person can be more maybe avoidant and now oh i have this doors open for life but see that's my issue is that if they are like that or they're not regardless i'm not going to trust whatever they say yeah like you can sit here and tell me like i'm not going anywhere da, 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 whatever like realistically we could be together for two years in the back of my head I'm still going to be anticipating the fact that you might leave me. Yeah. And like, that's where I'm like, I need to work on it because again, it's where I'm like preparing for the worst. Although I'm not going through the motions of life as if like, oh, this is going to happen. Yeah. It's one of those where it's like, if three years down the road, you leave me, don't be surprised if I'm not sitting here crying because I kind of already expected it. You know what I mean? No, I do get that. It's, it's hard. And I know for me, like, my longest relationship was almost five years and that was honestly a very healthy relationship like obviously there was moments we grew together a lot in those five years and that relationship literally naturally phased out like it's certain like no one did anything wrong no abuse no cheating like it literally just phased out but i remember i still grieved that relationship so much yeah but it was like 
it was the right thing to do. It's still the right thing to do. And I know sometimes I meet people and they hear that and they're like, oh, like there's no way that like that's done. I'm like, that is like so done. It's not even funny. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, then I noticed when I went back into the dating field that I was meeting people or older people were spinning the block who were really triggering a lot of that stuff because I noticed that like, okay, they are not securely attached. And it's not saying that securely attached people don't have their moments or don't have their mistakes like that's not what it is at all but it's saying that that person for the most part will communicate and know their boundaries know Mm. who they are as an individual without all the fluff and so for me it's like you can be with someone for a very long time and have a healthy breakup and it was for the most part like there's no animosity like animosity yeah thank you (laughs) you know and and it goes to show but then you can be with someone for a couple months and be devastated yeah like be absolutely devastated and you're like how in comparison right so it really goes to show that it's not always the time that you put in it's like there's so many factors that go into it and like just knowing these things about yourself and even looking at your own relationship it can also help you because like our minds do play tricks on us and mm-hmm. human beings, we do not like to not know things. And so when I'm it comes to freak. Yeah, and when it comes to other people or situations, that's why I always joke about the Broadway fucking play in my head. Because I will <laughs> literally put on this whole thing for better, for worse. Yeah. And I'll just run with it sometimes. And I'm like, holy, like I let that get way out of hand where yeah. I almost caused a situation or got myself worked up for absolutely nothing. Yeah. I that is definitely how I used to approach situations which is why like I remember like telling you like listen the way I deal with things is if it's something that bothers me I sit on it for 24 hours if I'm still bothered to the extent that I feel like I need to say something one I'm now level-headed enough that it's not like right in the situation where I can bring it up and communicate effectively about how I feel yeah because it's not in the heat of the moment where I'm pissed or I'm yes. sad or whatever. And I'm just like, because ultimately, like when you do that, realistically, that's when it comes back up later. Because one, you're not getting your point across no. or you're not effectively communicating yeah. how you so are feeling. So it's not going to go anywhere. So it's like, you know, it's not going to be, it might be reciprocated with understanding, but then it's like, oh, well, now I have other things I want to say, or now I'm realizing I actually feel this way about it and I want to talk about it again. And it's like, it's just a never-ending cycle. But it's like, if you actually take the time, sit and be like, okay, was I overreacting? Was this something that I should be upset about? If the answer is yes, why are you upset? You know what I mean? Like, what is the actual reason? Agreed. Not just, oh, that pissed me off. Okay, but why? Yeah. Like, because if you can't, like, I'm the type of person that like, If you let me know something is bothering you, I generally, like, you won't have to tell me to fix it. I will consciously make that effort. And that shows you care. Yeah. You care about that But if you don't give me a reason, if you're just telling me, well, that pissed me off. Okay, but why? Yeah. Like, what about that was it that pissed you off? I need to know that. Otherwise, like, how am I supposed to implement any sort of change? It's true. It's true, right? And I think that we all have our little, like triggers or pet peeves like I know for me one thing I really can't stand and even though my caveat to this is I know sometimes listen this conversation isn't going anywhere we need to table it yep. like I don't want to talk for this tonight my biggest thing is if there's a disagreement or some type of an argument with my person and they just go silent like you walk out of my house you literally just like don't answer my phone call like to me that is the worst I would rather be told like I really need my space right now or however you want to say it. You don't have to say it like, you know, but just saying like, 
we are gonna talk about this like yeah we're you know at the end of the day depending on what it is you know i still love you or we're still good but like i need my space because i also enjoy my space but for me if i'm telling you like i want to talk to you i want to touch base and you can't even give me the decency of that i'm like are you enjoying like do you just want me to blow up your phone or something i'm like that's fucked up and that's very avoidant too right like if it's just like i shut down completely like and this is why we say like ideally securely is where you want to be because with a secure attachment style you can communicate effectively about anything whether you're angry sad yes like even if it's something that's difficult that you know you don't want to talk about like and this is honestly like communication is where most people struggle like that's where the biggest like you know at odds is but like once you have that that attachment style and you have that confidence and that trust in yourself as well as others it becomes easy like you're you're looking at everything optimistically everything is like glass half full and it's like okay you know what like we might be in argument we might be at odds about something but I'm not going to sit down in this conversation with a negative view and be like, fuck, we have to talk about this. It's okay. Yes. You know what? Let's sit and talk about it so that we can come out the other side better. Absolutely. Because you have that positive outlook. And I, I find with the anxious and avoidant, it's very negative. When yes. you have to communicate about something you don't want to, yeah. it's like, well, with the anxious, it's like, I'm sitting here, I'm fucking tapping my leg. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. Like, I'm, it's very negative. Avoid it. It's like, I don't want to fucking talk about it at all. And if anxious too, then you might not even, you'll be like, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm not upset. I'm not upset. Never yep. mind. It doesn't bother me because you don't want that person to break ties with you over that. But I agree. And I think the, the, irony of all this is that when you actually do sit down and talk about it it normally makes people a lot stronger yeah because like again talking about the disorganized i have let very very few people into my life friendship wise to be very close to me mm-hmm. and when i do get close to you that's when i'm like i'm fucking with you so hard like, yeah I'm like I, you know what i mean like, like i want to move yeah, yeah. I, exactly <laughs> and i want to move the ends of the earth to you but there's some fear in that right like yeah. I've given parts of myself over to you and I want to feel that that's reciprocated or at least appreciated, right? But it is communication. It really is communication. And I would suggest for people who, obviously I'm not a therapist yet. And even if I was, this isn't therapy. So again, for legal purposes, (laughs) y'all cannot sue me if something goes wrong. But I would say like, if you don't know how to express yourself, then literally say that. Yeah. You know, this is important to me. I'm hearing you. This is really hard for me. I can't talk about this right now. I don't know what to say, but, like, I'm here. Like, can you just sit with me or be in my presence, right? And honestly, like, even some people have an easier time writing things down than saying it out loud. There is no problem with that. If you are in a relationship, whether it's your friend, your partner, whatever, you have something you want to discuss, and you're like, you know what? I know that I'm not going to be able to sit in front of this person and do this. Let them know. And like Dakota said, like communicate that and say like, listen, you know what? I had to write some stuff down. Yep. Do you mind reading it? Do you mind if I read it to you? Like, because... That takes off the pressure. Yeah, it does take off the pressure. And like, we had this conversation the other day too about how like car conversations are the best because you don't have to actually physically look at that person when you're talking to them. So it's like, you can kind of say what's on your mind. You can't see their facial expressions. You can't whatever. Like realistically, you can find lots of creative ways to communicate effectively. But like, as long as you are doing it, like that's what's important. And it's not to just, oh, I have to appease my partner. It's because like you will benefit from that. You will in turn be more sure of who you want because imagine never ever saying, 
this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm okay with. You don't even know yourself. Like you're just really rolling with the punches. And on the other end of the spectrum, if you're extremely anxiously attached, the minute conflict happens and you sense that your partner is upset with you, and maybe your partner does have a right to be upset with you in that moment, let's say, Mm -hmm. you immediately, that's where almost the begging or the pleading or like, never mind. I used to be like Yeah, never mind. I'm not upset anymore or it's okay. Like maybe I was reading into it too much and it's like, no. Maybe a boundary was genuinely crossed or maybe they have a right to be mad at you and you do have to give them your space, right? Yeah. No, I definitely used to be that person where like, you know, if something's bothering you, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, even if I personally didn't feel like I had a reason to be. Because you don't want the conflict. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. And like, that's where like the like avoidance comes in, right? Because it's just like, whatever. Or like the anxiousness because I'm like, no. No, I like, I don't care what it is. I don't care what you said. I apologize, like whatever. And now I'm at the point where like, okay, that's unhealthy too. Like just, you know, being like a fucking yes man, basically like that is very unhealthy. Not only for myself, but for the, yeah, for the other person. It's like, that's not helpful to anybody. Um, so like, like Dakota said, like there's lots of tests and stuff you can take with this. There's lots of quiz you can, quizzes you can take to figure out what your attachment style is. Obviously, you might not fall under just one category. For sure. As we've been mentioning, like, we both fall under quite a yeah. few. Um, and certain characteristics will resonate, certain won't. But it is important to, like, do the work and kind of see, you know, after taking this test, like, where do you fall? Yeah. What are the things you could potentially work on? Not just for your like, you know, future relationship, friendships, and otherwise, but for your own personal well-being and growth as a human being. And I really like, I'm glad that you said that, Mika, about how, like, learning how you like to communicate, because I know for me, and I think, like, same with you, because we're air signs with Gemini's, conversation comes very easily to yeah. us. There's probably nothing I can't talk about. Like, literally, I could be thrown into a presentation and be like, oh, you're going to present on fucking CMOS in five minutes. And I'd be like, well, I'm about to roll audition and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I'll talk but out of my ass people, if I have to. <laughs> yeah, but for some people sitting there, like you said, face-to-face, talking yeah. about themselves or something intimate, that is like, I would rather like literally have my foot run over by a car. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I have to remind myself that not everybody is super comfortable and confident with that. And again, you could be someone where I'm upset or I'm going through something. I don't know how to tell you that, but can you just come and sit in my presence? Like physically be here, physically be laying on my chest. Or maybe you express yourself more with acts of service or gifts. Like I can tell my man's upset. I don't really know how to like talk it out, but like, I'm like, what do you need from me? Mm -hmm. And that question right there literally will be a game changer. And you're like literally saying to your partner, I see you, I hear you. What do you need from me? Even just in friendships, like, yes. I've often said to my friends, like, you know, I, what do you need from me to be a better friend? Or what do you need from me to feel more supported? Like, because that's important to me. And sometimes, like, it's like, no, continue doing what you're doing. Yep. Other times, it's, you know what? You could check in a little bit more. Yep. Or whatever. Whatever that is, like, if you are genuinely invested and interested in, like, that relationship, friendship, or otherwise... That is a question you need to ask. I agree. And like, in turn, answer. And not take it personal. If someone does say, you know, I I do feel like we haven't been talking as much. I want you to check in more. That shouldn't be a, oh, they think I'm a bad friend or above all this. That could be like, this person might be going through a little bit more than usual right now. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're feeling more alone, you know, but they're they're taking a risk. They're taking a risk. They're being vulnerable. They're answering my question honestly. So... I could be like, yeah, you know what? I can do that. Because honestly, at the end of the day, when it is someone that you do care about and you want to see them do well, like 
you will try to make that effort however it looks for you and really that's all that we can ask of people like if you're trying and you're trying to put things that are genuine not because oh the person negged the fuck out of me and gave me an ultimatum like yeah no you're genuinely trying because a you're tired of the same cycles you're tired of the same shit back and forth and you're unhappy with yourself like i feel then that's really all people can ask for you. And then you can walk away from the situation and be like, bro, I put my, like, I put everything into that. Like, I tried. I didn't hold back. I was honest about where I was vulnerable. So you wash your hands of that. Instead of being like, damn, I really blew up all the time. Or I didn't speak out or say things. Or I always was walking away when I should have stayed. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Well, I feel like this is a little bit of a longer episode than normal. Um, and I know that this content, I don't want to say heavy because it's not heavy, but I feel it is like, co- like it's very in depth. It is in like, depth. We definitely yeah. gave you guys a lot to think about for sure. And like, hope that you enjoyed the conversation Absolutely. as well. And that you left this episode with something to think about and, you know, something to look into for your own personal and feeling growth. Empowered, right? Yeah. Like, knowing more things about ourselves and how we move through the world and relate to the world. That's an empowering thing. Yeah, I agree. So thank you again, everybody, for taking your time out of your Sunday, whatever it is that you got going on. Um, just again, some housekeeping stuff going forward because we are approaching the holidays and everybody is going to be losing what day it is, celebrating, <laughs> eating too much food, drinking a bottle of wine a day, whatever it is that you're doing. We're not going to have an episode on Christmas. So our next episode is going to be Sunday, January 8th. But we do have a surprise since we said we are really getting serious about this video shit. It's it's a lot, but we're making it happen. So over Christmas, you can expect some visuals from your yes. co-host here. So we're happy to bring that to you guys. But thank you again for your support. Feedback is always appreciated. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. And yeah, definitely let us know after listening to this if there's anything you want to hear next time. Um, and have a happy holiday. Yeah. Catch you guys on January 8th.